Ladies and gentlemen, we have already been blessed to the max already. Great singing. Our student ministry praise team. If you have your Bibles tonight, would you open them please to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. A chapter that's commonly called God's Hall of Fame, God's Hall of Faith chapter that has the names of some of the greatest men and women found in the Word of God. Tonight I want us to begin reading with Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. The title of the message, as I said earlier, is Looking for a Hero. God is looking for heroes. Hebrews 11, beginning with verse 32. And what more shall I say about these men and women of faith? For time would not permit me to tell you of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Japheth, of David, of Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, who quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned flight to the armies of the aliens. The women received their dead, raised to life again, while others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yes, a moreover of bonds and imprisonment. These great heroes of the faith were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom this world was not worthy of them. What a statement to make. This world was not worthy of them, but God gave them nevertheless. And they wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in the dens and in the caves of the earth. And when all was said and done, verse 39, they have obtained a good report card of faith. They've obtained a good report through faith. Arthur Schlesinger wrote an essay many years ago entitled The Decline of Heroes. In his notes, he says that heroes real, authentic people who seize a moment or seize a season or seize a lifetime and make a lasting difference in this world before they leave it. Those kind of heroes, he says, are very few and far between. The reasons why it's hard to find these kind of heroes that are real, that are authentic, that influence, that impact, that make a difference in this world before they check out of this world, is many things. He says one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of heroes anymore is because we put an emphasis on conformity. Everybody needs to look alike. Everybody needs to talk alike. Everybody needs to act alike. Everybody needs to be just the same. There's no room for anybody to be different. Everybody must be alike. 
And when everybody is forced to be alike, usually they will descend to the lowest common denominator, which is averageness at best. So we don't see many heroes because we put an emphasis on conformity. Or we put an emphasis on collectiveness. Everybody blending together. Nobody standing out. Everybody blending together in mediocrity versus standing out in excellence. Now, I know some of you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Our young people, they're, they're not conformist. Our young people are not collective in their endeavors. Young people are different, aren't they? Are they? I'm not picking on the young people. I could say that for all of us. We all want to be different, but difference all looks alike. I want to dress different because I'm young. Well, you look like all the other young people. I want to be different because I'm old. Well, you look like all the other old people. What's the use in being different if difference all looks alike? So we don't see a lot of heroes today because there's an emphasis on conformity. There's an emphasis on collectiveness. We also don't see a lot of heroes today because we artificially make people heroes who are not heroes. We throw that term around and we throw it around very lightly. We call politicians heroes. We call entertainers heroes. We call sports stars heroes. We call celebrities heroes. And may I submit to you why they have a place in society, and many of them are very good at what they do. They're not heroes. And maybe we don't have many heroes today because we really don't want any heroes. I mean, think about it. Heroes reveal to us our smallness. Do we really want supermen? Do we really want wonder women? Do we really? Or we just want to keep them in the comic books because real life heroes challenge us to come out of our smallness and we're perfectly happy being small people. I don't know the reasons why we don't have more heroes. Maybe those are some of the reasons. But the truth of the matter is, heroes are hard to find today. And that's why we're entering into this series this summer. Because we're going to find some heroes. Some real, authentic heroes that were used by God to shake things up to change things, to transform things, to influence things, to impact things, to make a difference in the world in which they lived. Some of those heroes were just for a moment. Some of those heroes were just for a season. Some of those heroes actually were heroes all their life. But when they left this world, they got a good report card from God. They were heroes. In the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at Jacob and David and Solomon and Joshua and Joseph 
in Moses, in Jonah, in Abraham, in Jeremiah, in Elijah. Heroes. And it's my prayer, not only will we learn of them, but we will seek to emulate them. Now, as we look at these heroes in the weeks to come, I think I, we're going to find that although they're different, they have some things in common. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. I want to share with you some observations about all of these heroes that I think are important for us to understand as we prepare for Pastor Rogers coming next week. The first thing I want you to understand about God's heroes is that God's heroes come in many different sizes and shapes and slants and styles. If I asked you to draw a picture of a hero for God, what would you draw? <laughs> We'd probably have as many different pictures as we have many different people here tonight. Because there's no carbon copies of God's heroes. They're all one-of-a-kind originals. Many of them are eccentrical. Many of them are mavericks. Many of them are rebels. Most of them walk to the beat of a different drum. Think about it just a moment. Think about some of the men that we're going to be looking at in our series. Solomon was sharp of mind. He was gifted with wisdom. Jacob had a silver tongue. He could talk the bark off a tree. Moses was a shepherd. Joshua was a military commander, highly decorated military commander. David was surrounded by mighty men. Elijah was surrounded by nobody. Abraham battled with dishonesty. Jonah battled with prejudice. They were all different. But they all had one thing in common. They were WWG men. They walked with God. The man and woman who endeavors to walk with God, God can use them. And He will use them. The second thing I want us to pay attention to as we move into our series about these heroes is this. God's heroes see opportunities, not obstacles, when they see the challenges of life. They have 20-20 spiritual vision. They don't need glasses when it comes to seeing God. They can see God. And they can see God very well. In fact, in every situation and circumstance, every challenge, every uh, circumstance of, of difficulty, they see God. They look for God and they find God in the challenges of life. They see God as high. They see God as mighty. They see God. David saw God. He didn't see Goliath. Abraham saw Isaac. He didn't see an old woman with a barren womb or an old man that was impotent. 
Joshua saw the rubble of an invincible fortress called Jericho. Moses saw a miracle. He didn't see the Red Sea. Joseph saw a throne. He didn't see a prison. Jeremiah saw restoration. He didn't see Babylonian captivity. Great men and women for God, they see what other people can't see. They see God. They see the promises of God coming to pass, coming to fulfillment. They're men and women of faith. And they see things with the eyes of faith. Heroes for God have a big God. How big is your God? How big is my God? I can tell you heroes of the faith. They have a big God who can do big things and they believe it. And they look for that God in every situation and circumstance that they encounter on the journey of life. Thirdly, God's heroes learn how to work with other people. They learn that you can do more when you work with the group than you can by yourself. As we look at these heroes to come over the weeks, we're going to find out that they had friends and they had followers that they could count on to help them in their ministry. I personally believe that the greatest Christian man who ever lived was the Apostle Paul. I believe he's head and shoulders above any other Christian person who's ever lived. In my mind, I think he's the greatest missionary Christianity's ever produced. He's the greatest theologian Christianity has ever produced. He's the greatest presenter and defender of the faith that Christianity has ever produced. And yet the Apostle Paul, in all of his greatness, needed help. He needed Dr. Luke. He needed Timothy and Titus, his protégés. He needed Barnabas and Silas. He needed Epaphroditus. He needed Syntec. He needed John Mark. The Apostle Paul, in all of his greatness, realized that there comes times in life when you need people to be with you. And he had those people. David had Jonathan. David, the man after God's own heart, had Jonathan. Moses, the great lawgiver, had Joshua. Elijah had Elisha. Abraham had Sarah. Great men and women of God who are heroes of the faith, they don't do things alone. They bring others in. They're constantly working with other people and preparing for the day when they will not be here and somebody else can carry the mantle. Fourthly, God's heroes, as we're going to see in the weeks to come, are not afraid of change. They're not Baptists. Baptists don't change. They're stubborn and stuck in the past many times. You say, how can you say that? Because I'm a Baptist. 
We've never done it this way before. That's Baptist talk. That's also the talk of a dying church. That's one generation away from being dead if they're not dead already. God's heroes are not afraid of change. In fact, they're often the instigators of change. They're often the ones who are bringing about something different. And whenever you try to bring change anywhere, whether it be to a nation, whether it be to a church, whether it be to your home, whether it be to your own personal life, I can tell you, you are going to have opposition. Change is never easy. Change is never readily accepted. Change is always contested. It's always opposed. When Abraham left the big city to go out to the wild country, do you think he just tiptoed out of town and everybody applauded him? I'm sure there was a lot of murmuring, a lot of gossiping, a lot of grizzling and griping and grumbling. How can he lead us away from our comfortable life in the city? He's supposed to be retiring, and now he's chasing some dream. Looking for some city that he don't even know the name of it, he doesn't know where it's at. He said God will show him. That change was very difficult for Abraham's family but we don't read that necessarily in the Scripture, but I promise you it was. Solomon built a temple. Do you think building that building to worship God in at the cost of millions upon millions of dollars went without opposition? Why can't we continue worshiping God in this outside altar? Why can't we continue worshiping God at this tent? It's always good enough for our grandparents. It can be good enough for us. We don't need no chandeliers. We don't need no air conditioning. We don't need no carpet. They didn't have it in Davy Crockett's day. Why do we need it? Solomon announced he was going to build the temple. Not everybody applauded him. I'm sure he faced criticisms over that. We don't need to do it. We can use that money for missions. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it'll go to missions. Joshua found challenge when he said, we're going to cross the Jordan. We're going to expand our footprint as a nation, as a people. We're going to claim the promise of God that all of that land is ours. And there were people who probably said, Joshua, why do you want to do that? We're perfectly happy right here where we're at. We're perfectly happy being a a small mom and pop operation. We don't want bigness. We don't want greatness. We're just happy being small and average. You see, anytime you want to do something great for God, you're going to run into opposition. You think Moses... Had it easy when he announced to the children of Israel, we're leaving Egypt. I'm taking you out of captivity. I'm taking you to freedom. What I'm trying to get you to see is, great men and women for God understand that whenever you bring change, 
there will be opposition. There's going to be criticism. There's going to be conflict. And many people today, when they face that, you know what they do? They have a get out of town mentality. Or run up the white flag and surrender mentality. God's heroes don't surrender. God's heroes don't leave. They stay put. And they do what God has called them to do. Understanding it's not about making people happy. It's about pleasing God. Fifthly, and lastly, God's heroes were always concerned about the next generation. That's how you can really tell sometimes if a man or a woman is a hero for God. Because they're not just living for the here and now, they're living for the here and after, whether it be here and after here or here and after there. God's heroes don't maintain a position. They're not concerned about their paycheck. They're not just wanting to hold status quo. They actually spend time thinking about what they're doing now and how it will influence and impact those who are coming after them. God's heroes think about the nation that they are part of. Will this nation survive? They ask those kind of questions. Will they be a church? Will the next generation have a church? Will the next generation have the Word of God? The pure, unadulterated Word of God. Will the next generation have aging facilities and a huge debt or a bad testimony in the community? Will the next generation have men and women who walk with God or men and women who don't walk with God at all? You see, heroes of the faith, they think about those kind of things. Do you know tonight we're just one generation away from extinction? Just one generation away from extinction. Or we're just one generation away from greatness. You know what determines what tomorrow's going to be? What we do today. Are we preparing for our extinction and our burial? Are we preparing for our greatness and the best days yet to come? Decisions today affect futures tomorrow. In the days to come in this sermon series, we're going to learn about heroes. And again, I just don't want to fill your mind. I want to fill your heart. I don't want you just to say, that's good. I want you to say, that can be me. I can be a hero. I can be a hero. I can be a hero. I can do something for God that will shake this world and shake this church. I can do something that will make a difference down here and up there. 
I can influence and impact. I can do it. I don't have to be like everybody else. I can truly be different and make my mark on a lost and dying world before I leave. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Paul says, Be on your guard. Stand for the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And I believe that's what he's saying to you and I tonight. As we look at these men and women of faith, May we be on our guard. May we stand for our faith. May we be courageous and may we be strong. Because God is looking for some heroes. Could it be you? Could you be it? Could I be it? If we wanted to be it, we could. Problem isn't God, it's always us. Are we willing to do what's necessary that God can allow us to become what He wants us to be?